Hey folks, Armin Hammer here. The following is an interview I had with my buddy Jordan Holland, who is a 13-year affiliate owner out of Seattle, Washington with Riot Athletics. Now, he's been in the game forever. A 13-year affiliate is like the most OG of the OG. There are not very many of those. And he has also been involved in other parts of the community, from the games where he competed a couple times to uh, running his own competition, the Cascade Classic, which takes place in the Seattle area, uh, usually during the fall each year. And Jordan and I have known each other for a while. I wanted to talk to him specifically because he has a lot of experience in the space. He has a lot of history with both CrossFit as an organization and the individuals involved in CrossFit and CrossFit as his livelihood and his business. And I think he brings a really interesting perspective and take on a lot of the things that we've been seeing over the past week or so. Enjoy. I don't even know where to start, Jordan. I honestly, I honestly don't know where to start, dude. Uh, what is what is your feeling right now? Like, you know, who knows by the time this is published, what other things are going to have happened because how, how quickly things are happening right now. But what is your feeling right now? Like we just saw yesterday that Dave Castro is the new CEO. Greg is quote unquote retiring, whatever that means. Um, you know, where are we at here? What are you feeling? Uh, I feel like, well, first of all, uh, I am 100% in support of Dave Castro becoming CEO. Uh, I think he is a polarizing figure, but I think he's a polarizing figure strictly because of his presence in the CrossFit Games, um, who he was, you know, in up to until 2019, right, when we didn't see very much of him. Um, those, you know, open announcement videos, I think he was cultivating an image that made him seem a certain way. But anybody who spent time with Dave in person, uh, which I have, I mean, like, I've been out to the ranch shooting guns with Dave Castro. I mean, like if you follow on Instagram, it doesn't get any more Castro than that. Um, and I find him to one, be a delightful human being. I find him to be incredibly intelligent. There's a reason he has been where he is for the past 10 plus years in CrossFit. And then if you just look at, you know, the relationships that he's cultivated, um, think about people that we know we close, that we associate with Dave Castro, like, Nicole Carroll, right? They were counterparts in the education program for CrossFit for a decade. Everybody loves Nicole. And if Cole, if Nicole works alongside Dave successfully, I mean, that says something. Um, Adrian Bosman, another, I mean, humanitarian in terms of his generosity towards how he treats people no matter where he goes. And a dude that's literally been around the world teaching and preaching CrossFit. Um, another person who I trust alongside Dave, who I know personally. And I think that we are in to see some remarkable things if he is empowered to affect some remarkable change. Chatting yeah. with somebody yesterday um, from HQ, one of the things they said was the reason why they were out was not because of that last tweet or that email. Um, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm gonna change metaphors. It was death by a thousand cuts to use their exact words. And that that was just the final one. That was the one that killed the organism. <clears throat> Greg is a genius and Greg is an asshole. And those two things coupled sometimes can make for a toxic situation. And for a lot of folks, the toxicity had finally boiled over. And there were other people kind of in the room who were enabling that to happen. And if we merely remove 
Glassman and just replaced Dave and everybody shifts seats at the table, it's still the same boardroom. So hopefully, my hope is that along with Greg retiring, some folks who were enabling that toxic environment, that closed communication, that kind of black box at the top, if you will, also go away so that Dave gets a clean slate and an opportunity to do the things that I know he's certainly capable of doing because he loves this as much as I do. He loves as much as all we all do, right? Otherwise he wouldn't still be here. Yeah. You know, I don't, <clears throat> I, I understand, I understand where you're coming from there. Those are all really good points. I'm not hundred percent sure. I see Dave as the, as the best CEO. Um, I see issues in terms of where, the biggest holes in CrossFit's business are, and I'm not sure Dave's uh, the the best guy. He might be the best guy internally, but I'm not sure he's the best guy to uh, to to solve those problems. But you know that that's that's to be determined. You know, what I mean, it's so it is so up in the air with Greg still having 100% ownership and sort of stepping back behind the curtain. It's really interesting to see, you know, how much room is Dave going to actually have, you know, how much change does he want to enact and how, how much is he actually able to for you as a, you know, one of the oldest affiliates in the world, basically, like what is the decision-making process look like for you in terms of sticking around or not sticking around? Um, <clears throat> For me, the things that I weighed were, were there were several. Uh, one being, you know, Royce in her email to Greg posted or to Jeff posed a question which says, "What what is CrossFit HQ doing for me right now?" Um, and my honest answer to what is CrossFit HQ doing for me personally right now is very little. That being said, what I think HQ's value is in the world is very high. And what I mean by that is I think they are taking on corporations and organizations and causes that are incredibly meaningful globally. And we are all as affiliate owners and CrossFitters, we are ambassadors of health and wellness. And the dissemination of real and truthful information, right? Fighting misinformation in the health sciences, going up against big soda, um, lobbying for how trainer certifications are managed at the, at the local level, those things are hugely beneficial and maybe not to a day to day. Do they move the needle on my bottom line? No, but do they make the world better in terms of the quality of information and access to resources for everybody, my mom included? Absolutely. And if it was just that, if it was just that, that I paid my affiliate fees for, I think it's worth it. I still believe that at least one person a year walks in the door because we do CrossFit at least one that by itself pays for my affiliate fees. Um, and I also think that things that they have done in the past, I mean, people who haven't been around that long forget just how many different causes CrossFit has championed, whether it be, I mean, the baby swim campaign, uh, schools in, I mean, they might get the country, it was Kenya or Nairobi, I think it was Kenya. I think it was um, Kenya. Yeah, um, <clears throat> working with St. Jude's, I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think those causes continue. They've become less of the forefront as things like the games have become more prominent but their track record of doing good in the community locally and globally is tremendous. And I'm willing to stay on for that. The second thing is the news cycle 
for this thing was so, I mean, the amount of information that has come out that is traumatizing in the past 96 hours is tremendous. Yeah. And for some people, any one of those things was enough. For some people, it was all of those things that was enough. And for others, it's been a history that's building up. And it was that, you know, that thousandth cut that did them in. But for me, I've seen too much good. And I've been here too long. And I'm patient enough to wait and see. Uh, yeah, I don't believe Glassman's a racist. I don't believe the organization is of CrossFit is racist. I don't believe, like, I, I'd be hard-pressed to even find a single affiliate that I could walk into and be like, this place is racist. Right. Um, I believe in this, this whole thing that much. Yeah, I, I, that idea of, of waiting and seeing, uh, there's, there's a, a word that I know called Sela. I think it's I think it's from the Bible. I'm actually not 100 sure. I'm pretty sure it's Hebrew. It's from the Bible. It's basically pause and consider, right? Yes. And the the concept is very sound. You know, sometimes it's a time for like very aggressive action. You got to do things. You got to be all, all about that action, boss. But sometimes it's about you know a little bit of reflection and trying to figure out where things are at. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the past uh, few days feels like years, but few days asking sort of what my perspective on things are and where things should go and what they should do. And, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm in a role where I want to try and make those decisions for people, but where I do sit is taking another day, taking another couple days and trying to figure out where exactly the lay of the land is and actually weighing out some benefits here. Like what you described, like you are making a convincing argument you know, obviously you're convinced by that argument. So you're making a convincing argument that it, it, it's important to you that CrossFit as an organization sticks around and that, you know, your affiliate remains an affiliate. And at the same time, I think a lot of gyms uh, may not necessarily have someone in their ear telling them, hey, just stop for a second and think this through in a long-term perspective as opposed to what is the what does it feel like the best thing to do is right now because you could turn around and you might have like shot yourself in the foot right yeah and for folks a lot of folks who've you know said hey i'm de-affiliating while they may have closed the door i i heard it put eloquently yesterday i closed the door to crossfit but i did not bolt it shut and i hope it's not bolted shut from the other side yeah yeah i mean there's there's ways to do it Right. There's ways that you can you can definitely uh, go across the bridge without burning it behind you. I think a lot of affiliates were able to do that. Uh, I think some affiliates probably didn't, but I don't know. I haven't really been keeping track of of the sort of announcements from various affiliates to try and see how inflammatory or not inflammatory they are. But either way, I mean, we're in a we're in a position now. We're in a we're in a world now where about ten percent, a little under ten percent of the worldwide affiliate population has committed to not renewing their affiliate. And it's like, we use this phrase de-affiliate, but realistically, you and I know there's no such thing as de-affiliating. You just kind of don't renew it when it comes up. So yeah. do you think we're in or past that tipping point of this is the, this is, you know, now we're just like, trying to pump blood into a dying animal type situation or is this not even close to the tipping point of crossfit being you know completely kaput um <clears throat> i don't i don't think we're even anywhere near crossfit being completely kaput um i think one i'm very curious to, if like if we look at the numbers how many of the affiliates that have left are u.s-based affiliates 
um, that would be telling in terms of what the trend of CrossFit is because CrossFit's not growing in the U.S. anymore. Right? Functional fitness is still growing tremendously in the U.S., but CrossFit as a brand is not growing in the U.S. last I checked. And it's growing gangbusters in plenty of other countries. Um, I mean, call up, call up Concept2 and ask them how many rowers they send to U.S. affiliates based, like, based rather than Chinese or, or any other, you know, or other affiliates. Right. So CrossFit's doing, has, has, is seeing tremendous growth other places. And if the trend is that U.S. affiliates are dropping it, and because right now, right, a lot of the heat from a term, in terms of a um, social environment is happening in the U.S., and while there are affiliates around the world who are standing in solidarity, they're not having the same response. They're not feeling the same pressure. Uh, they're not feeling some of the same concerns that a lot of U.S. affiliates are facing. Yeah. Do, do you think, uh, yeah, I think, I think the practical considerations aside, right? It's like you have to worry if you, if you rebrand, if you remove yourself from CrossFit, uh, you know, you're, you're not legally allowed to be part of the RRG, which is going to make finding insurance uh, a bit more of a painful process. You know, you kind of put this barrier up between you and sort of like future education within the space. CrossFit is still sort of like the leader of teaching people about CrossFit and there isn't a competitor to that. Um, and unless the, unless the business dies, I don't see a competitor showing up. Uh, that's going to be able to to step in, but like you know, putting the practical things aside, um, you know, is there is there sort of like this this like vibe in the community of you know you mentioned sort of the the straw that broke the camel's back? Like, do you think that there's so many of those affiliates and so many brands that are just getting ready for it to be like, man, I'm just so fed up. I'm looking for whatever the next move is that I can just step out of the space because that's been kind like the, the tone of conversation that I've had with a lot of affiliates is kind of like, um, or just people in the space has been generally something like that, as opposed to one acute situation is the thing. It's more like, this is just the last straw. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that it, could go down. I'm not saying it won't go down. I think it could go down. And I think it's going to come down to what happens in the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, right? Does, does Dave appoint, appoint a board of directors that with a group of people that people find inspiring from within our space? Because there are people, right? Everybody's got a list of, you know, hey, if these five or six people were at the top or near the top and they were on the regular, you know, CrossFit had a, had a, you know, a weekly newsletter that went out and said, hey, um, and let's just pick some fan favorites, right? So let's just throw Ben Bergeron and we'll get, you know, Chuck Carswell in there and Nicole Carroll comes back and Pat Sherwood, who is just a wonderful voice within the CrossFit space and, you know, throw a few others in there, uh, <clears throat> depending on what your preference is. But, you know, you see that come up and, and, and now this person is in charge of communication and this person is in charge of affiliate support. And this person is, is a moderator on these sites and whoever is handling CrossFit games, Instagram, you know, goes to some conflict resolution training and, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's some things that we could see that would make us all really excited about like what's, what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Um, where, and they say, and they just stand up and say, Hey, look, we don't have a plan right now, but you know what, you know, us as a group, like, you know, our track record, give us a little bit of time and 
we are going to make this thing something that you are proud to wave the flag of. Um, and I think that could tremendously turn the tide like in very short order. That would be that would be something. I mean, to me, the idea of of appointing a board uh, so that you know whoever is in charge of the ship is accountable to someone other than Greg, I think is important. Um, yeah. I think, realistically speaking, man, CrossFit as a business has not caught up to where it should have caught up like seven years ago. It just hasn't, it hasn't improved or changed any of its practices. It just did like exceptionally well for a few years and was like, Hey, this is working. Let's just keep doing this thing. That's working. And it's kept working fine, but they never matured as an organization. And so there's right. so much like, there's so much, uh, what's the phrase? Low hanging fruit. There's so yeah. many things that they could just easily change and fix that would immediately improve the entire thing. But the desire to do that is also something that I question, you know? Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I, th I think they had all the resources there, right? Like, so take, you know, Warren Buffett every year writes a letter to investors that whether you're an investor or not, like it's, it's, it's there's good stuff there. There's life lessons in there. Um, why wasn't, why wasn't Glassman doing that? I mean, he had a lot of things he was thinking, had a lot of things to say. If you go back to like the old, you know, 2000, gosh, 2003, 2004, 2005, they used to post, you know, videos, just little clips of him, you know, at a level one seminar. And you're like, that's some profound shit, right? The stuff that if you started in the early 2000s, you had the videos on repeat, uh, you know, the chasing excellence or chasing money or, you know, the, 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 you know, intensity and videos with, you know, we talked about the shoulder press, push, press, pusher, like that really old OG content. Where, why wasn't that kind of stuff happening in terms of uh, communicating to this audience of like, hey man, we're thinking about you, we're caring. This is what we're thinking about. Um, but I don't think that opportunity is lost. Just because they didn't get it right for, you know, six, seven years doesn't mean they can't get it right now. That's, that, is, that is a good point. You know, one of the things that I feel a lot of people have struggled with, I know that I've been trying to wrap my brain around it, um, is this idea that, you know, CrossFit, as a movement and a methodology and a community specifically as a community has brought so much positivity and yes. done so much good in all of our lives individually, as well as creating opportunities for all of us to do what it is we're doing right now. Basically it's really hard to find where sort of like the gratitude for that existing meshes or fights or butts up against like the the sort of anger and and disgust of sort of what Greg Glassman's most like volatile and unpredictable behavior can do which we witnessed over this past weekend it's such a it's such a dichotomy and it's such a difficult thing to mesh and i think that's where the sort of like psychological stress of the situation comes into play for people like like us who have been in the space for so long and have experienced so many different things, like all the ups and downs um, that come with it. And yet it still has remained a defining feature of our lives. Oh, for sure. Um, but with all those good things, right? Greg, Greg's a, Greg is a complicated person and, but he's a stick of dynamite and it was great. And we, we embraced it. We're like, Oh man, our guy, 
when he, you know, was on the cover of whatever, you know, the New York Times talking about CrossFit could kill you. Yeah, it could. Uh, you know, we lobbed it over the wall of Big Soda and go after Gatorade, and they lobbed it over the wall of the NC, you know, the NSCA, and you know, oh, let's lob it over this wall. But then this time, like, it just blew up in our hand. <laughs> yeah. Right. The same dynamite that we were like throwing at other people, and oh, you only do running, you only do triathlon. Here, why don't you read this manifesto from right. my guy? That's, that's another thing, right? Because, you know, I, and I tried to explain this on, on Sunday night, I put it on my Instagram and, uh, I, I have felt like since the moment, what is fitness was published in 2002, it has been a countdown to right now. Like that, that type of, that type of like genius, that type of expression doesn't come without major consequences down the line. Like he opened Pandora's box and it's going to be either a disaster or it's going to be an, you know, an absolute, you know, triumphant takeover, or it's going to be both, but there's no in between there's nothing that's going to be lukewarm about it because that, that concept to me is so powerful and it's so simple and it's so elegant in what it does. And it's also so accessible that you just look at it. You're like, Oh, I, I get that. Like I understand that. And that's something that now I have, what does this guy have to offer me now that I have this thing? Like what else could I ask for from this guy? I have, I have the thing now. And so it's always just a countdown to when, you know, HQ and I say HQ and Greg interchangeably, which is a problem. You know what I mean? That's really a problem, but it was a countdown to when HQ proves itself useless, like more of a liability. I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward. I don't know if they're going to be able to separate themselves from Greg, the individual, and as an organization sort of push into maturing and actually being able to provide a, you know, what they should be providing in, in the modern era of, of what CrossFit is. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of stuff over the past five days that I'm, you have seen as well. We've all, we've all seen the language. We've all seen the, the insanity. Um, we've all seen the, the outrage and the outcries, you know, it, you said it, you said it yourself, you know, you, you don't think Dave, or you don't think Greg's racist. And yet it sounds like, you know, maybe that's the, that's the prevailing thought right now. Uh, I, I, I would wager that it is, but I think that is, that is no longer the problem. Because now the problem has become, okay, fine, he's not racist. Should he be in this role, right? Because the qualification for CEO was never like, are you racist or not? <laughs> if, that was, if that was the only qualification, right? Lots of like, you know, I'm, can I throw my hat on the ring for CEO of CrossFit? Maybe I mean, you did. <laughs> um, and so, and in an organization, you know, like, hey, like, you know, should this guy be in charge? Well, he hasn't raped anyone recently. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, if we're gonna if we're, if we're gonna use inflammatory language, <laughs> fuck, okay, right? Because yeah. then it's then it's just turning in, turning into like a you know a Supreme Court justice you know interrogation, right? How right. many times did you hit her? Right. right. <laughs> it's like you you start you start you start weighing the wrong things. I think yeah. I think the 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 real and that I I alluded to that I did this video about Dave being the new CEO and whether it's going to change anything. And I kind of alluded to that. It's like, realistically, this meets the lowest bar of change that people are looking for. It's a quote unquote change in leadership at the top of CrossFit. 
but is it really? Probably not. Realistically, well, right? If there's a CEO, there's a COO and a CFO and a CMO, like who are, who are they? And are they going to get swapped out? Right? Like, right. and that's the thing. If he says, Hey, I'm, I'm cleaning house. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, that could be very interesting. But, but realistically, I think what, I think what everyone means, or at least the people who are connected enough to sort of put the dots together and see sort of the, the tapestry that is the history of, of CrossFit is like, Greg Glassman is not fit to run a company like this. It, it's just not in his skill set. It's not no. what he does. It, and see, it, there's one arm, which is like, this, he's the attack dog, right? He's like your pit bull on a leash and we're gonna point him at something and like, go get him, Tiger, because he is going to dominate that sector. And unfortunately, in the effort to be laser focused on this one thing, he was blinded to a lot of other things that were really important to people in terms of kind of a local and a daily operational standpoint. All right, pivoting a little bit. You're in in Seattle. Uh, That's, you know, that's a pretty huge city, pretty diverse city. You know, you've been an affiliate. Hold on a second. When you say diversity, what do you mean? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of different types of people that live there. That's kind of what I mean when I say diverse. Why don't we stop you there? Because there's this conversation right now about CrossFit's not diverse. And I'm like, mm, we got a lot of men. We got a lot of women. We got old people. We got some, I, there's a couple lesbians in, in the back. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, now do you mean it's not racially diverse? Well, then again, I don't know. Because I, I went to a gym in China about a year ago. And there was a lot of Chinese people in there and they were loving CrossFit. I, I have a feeling and, and, you know, I have, uh, I, I owned a gym for five years. My brother and I had an affiliate in LA and I'm in Glendale, in Glendale, just North of, just North of Los Angeles in Glendale. Actually, that's really important to say in Glendale, LA County. How's that? Uh, and our membership was, it was like 55, 45, uh, female to male. And it was mostly what would be considered minorities. I mean, it was like either you were Armenian, you were Indian, or you were Asian, and there was a small amount of white people. Yeah. And it's, it's because our gym was a reflection of the people who worked and lived within a, a few blocks of our location. And you know, maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe there is something else going on, and I'm open to learn, but is there is there a diversity issue here? Like, is there something missing? Uh, no, I don't, I, I mean, there is a racial bias from a statistical standpoint, but not one that I think is problematic for CrossFit. What I think it means is if we look at the, you know, communities with the largest percent of the problems that CrossFit is uniquely qualified to solve, that there are not enough places serving those communities. But it's challenging. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black affiliate owner, 13 years in Seattle. And we PR'd about three years ago, and I made a big deal of it. People were weirded out by it. Uh, we hit five black people in the gym at the same time. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was exciting. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not upset about that. You know, I, I, I noticed it because I noticed, you know, things like that being in the group, right? The box that I checked, but I haven't found it problematic. We're still serving a ton of people and we're still, we're still changing a lot of lives. But if you talk to the average affiliate owner, um, their margins aren't that great. 
And that's by picking the best location they can afford and getting the best equipment they can afford and hiring the best staff they can afford now and charging the highest rates they can afford for that sector. So you're telling me you want me to go to a place with out good space, retail spaces, um, with low incomes um, and, you know, and a, you know, a low variety in terms of the talent pool to do the job that I'm looking to do and help these people. And what is, what is the upside other than, you know, conscience? Um, because we all got in business at the end of the day to make money. Yeah, we're trying to help people. But if I'm not making money, I'm not in business. Right. Now, do I think there's an opportunity to find a way to do that um, in a way that is sustainable? I do, but it's going to take participation from a lot of people. And I know there are gyms. We have done different things of where our resources have gone. We ran a program called the 5% Project for like a decade where we sent money to, when I went to South Africa, it was for my um, wedding anniversary anniversary and my wife had worked at an orphanage in college. We went there and we started donating money there and that was our cause. So I am giving back to a 100% black serving organization, but not in this country. Does that mean I don't care about social justice in America? Like, and, and, and people didn't know outside of this gym what we were doing. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have a social conscience. That doesn't mean we don't care about black people. That doesn't mean we don't care about all people. So it's, it's tricky. You know, what do you do? to service this group that can't sustain by themselves this resource that we want and know we want to give them and know that they would benefit from. Yeah. To me, that reads uh, more of a sort of, uh, that's, that, that reads more like a societal failure as opposed to a failure in CrossFit or, or a failing in CrossFit, right? It, it reads more a like a big problem. It is a societal failure that presents a challenge for CrossFit. Right, right, right. Uh, I, you know, we, we know, um, we know a lot of the same people, Leo, I know sin does a ton of stuff uh, in, you know, in inner city CrossFit yeah. gyms. I know that uh, CrossFit had, you know, you mentioned a couple of the sort of like charitable organizations that they were funding and, and uh, sort of working with like the school, building the schools in Africa. Um, and I think they do that sort of thing um, in terms of helping things like Steve's club out here in the States. Oh, yes. um, and Steve's club. It has been for like, I mean, close to 10 years now, if not more. Forever. Yeah. If not longer than that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when they start first started selling those paleo packs. Those were delicious. Oh my God. The best part of regionals 2012. And I think it was a business failing on Steve's club's part. They just sent cases. And the, I mean, if I, I, I didn't run out of Steve's paleo crunch. For like four months, I took so much from the area. <laughs> that that stuff's so delicious, dude. That stuff is so delicious. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like even that, even that. Steve's Club, he had to he had to create a food product. He had to create like a snack in order to have the 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 outreach he needed to get the funds to to support what he was doing. Um, and that's what I mean about the challenge for sustainability, right? And, you know, not everybody has that bandwidth and not everybody can do it on their own. I mean, it might take, I mean, it's going to take an army, right? Of, of okay, fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put one of my trainers on loan for a day and I'm going to cover half of their payroll so that this gym doesn't have the same expense. But then I need 20 other gyms in my neighborhood to do that thing. But then I need a whole person dedicated to making sure that these things are covered and supported and so on. Right. It gets real complicated real fast. Not that it's impossible. I think it's doable and I think it, you know, can and will be done. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think, do you think that is something that, uh, I actually, 
by the way, before I move on, I really love that idea. I, lo- I think that's a really cool idea of sort of organizing groups of affiliates together to sort of, you know, like donate, uh, donate like coaching hours essentially off of their payroll. Uh, yeah. That I think is a really good idea that helps solve some of the issues in terms of trying to figure out how do you get, how do you get the right types of people out there to, to help this sort of thing. But anyway, someone listening to this hopefully is, is, you know, uh, ballsy enough to try and make something like that happen. That'd be dope. Uh, do you think that this is a challenge that uh, CrossFit as an organization should try and tackle? Uh, so uh, as a, as a single minded focus, I think, I think the days of having a laser focus as an organization should be over. Um, that's problematic, but I do think that it should be something um, that is supported by CrossFit or- as an organization. You know, maybe like, so I, I gave the example of, you know, trainers on loan. Well, what does that look like in terms of the system to support scheduling for that? If HQ, they can build huge systems. They built the, you know, the system for the open, right? Which is super complex. What if I didn't have to rely on the shitty, aggressive merchant card service fees of Mind Body Online? Right. Uh, we, you know, so a lot of CrossFitters, ourselves included, we probably spend somewhere between two and 3% in merchant card service fees. What if CrossFit, they've got it, created a merchant card service processing system and they're still going to charge 3%, but now 2%. And like, if you're an affiliate owner, you're going to go on CrossFit's platform. And instead of taking all 3%, they're going to just, cause they don't need the profit sector, right? It's a new sector, right? So I, whatever I do with it, it's all, it's all gravy. I'm going to take 2% of that. 1% goes back into support it and 2% goes out to building these programs, right? If we take 2% of the revenue of however many thousands of affiliates, I mean, around the world, yeah. I mean, I could give memberships away in black and brown communities. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, are you sure you don't want to be CEO? Cause that's a great idea. I mean, I'm just, you know, just like, you know, spitballing here with you in this conversation. I don't know. Idea. What if, we took, you know, what if open registration, you know, changed in a way that fed into this system? What if, all right, off the wall. Uh, I listened to Easy on a podcast talking about CrossFit as a sport. And, you know, the black community doesn't see CrossFit as a sport that has value to help them in their station, right? Yes, I would say, yeah, but you cannot be fat. I'm like, yeah, but more than I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be poor. And so if I weigh, you know, my five, if my child's a gifted athlete and I think them getting up and out is either a college or a sports career or something, even just, you know, a scholarship, CrossFit's not going to get me there, but basketball will, right? Even if it's a division two school, I got a free education so I can go be a civil engineer. Um, Football will, baseball will, right? CrossFit doesn't do that for me if I'm that position of trying to get, you know, out of this position that I feel stuck in. Um, and so what if I make, you know, for my $200 a month, I can send my kid to football camp and this, that, and the other, which might be a stretch. Um, what if CrossFit's organization supported both with these funds? What if there was a way that gifted athletes in CrossFit of, of, of any race, but let's just target black and brown, right, as, as being, you know, marginalized groups. There was a way that I could pay for school with CrossFit. Um, so that being that and that because by being a competitive CrossFitter, I'm now modeling to my community in a way that's sending a health and fitness message to make my cousin and my grandma think about CrossFit in a way they've never thought about it before. And for me, 
I'm going to not worry about getting a scholarship to CrossFit because of my basketball skills. I get to model for my family and now college is just paid for because of, I need it. Yeah. Jordan, you have too many good ideas. You need to write these down and then you Um, need to email them to Dave at CrossFit.com. I think (laughs) I, I don't know if his email is that simple, but I imagine it's probably something close. Uh, it is. And he's actually really on top of this shit with email. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't be saying his email address that, that, that publicly then, huh? Uh, I mean, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away at the, at the rapidity with which he will respond to an email. Um, it's, it's impressive. And like another thing about, you know, a credit to Dave in terms of being like, Hey, yes, I can answer your question. Uh, yes, I will take, you know, a minute out of my day. Yes, I will, you know, do what you need. I mean, a couple, a couple of years ago, you probably remember, like he was on that, like just visiting, I'm, I'm going to visit every affiliate and whatever kind of his area was just because, right. Just because I want to see what they're doing and you find out it's box plots and burpees everywhere, but what it's, it's great. Um, I run an event up here called the Cascade Classic and getting ready for it. I visited 140 gyms um, just to like, Hey, what are you guys doing? This is what I'm doing. Like, let's get the word. I'm meeting people. And it was fucking magical interacting with that many people and everywhere I was welcome. And it was delightful to see, oh, you guys believe what I believe. And you're just trying to like live a little better, live a little longer, move a little better, look a little sexier with your shirt off, just like everybody else is in my gym. I don't know if I could say it any better than that myself, Jordan. That was, that, that, that's good. That is, that is a, that is a good, I feel like that's a really good and accurate representation of what, it feels like to step into another CrossFit gym. You know, it may not feel the same, may not be laid out the same, but generally we're all kind of aiming in the same direction and that feels really good. It feels very comfortable and it feels real good. Uh, thanks dude for your time here. It's been dope. How can people, uh, how can people like, you know, uh, see you or find you or is there something that, you know, you have that for them to check out? Um, I don't, I don't do a lot other than try to take care of my little community right here. Um, I mean, I post every once in a while on Blackness Monster on Instagram. Uh, Blackness Monster. (laughs) I don't know if I follow you, but I'm going to follow you now because that's fantastic. You might be, I should do like a, like a only follow one person for like a week at a time and pick like the best accounts. And it's like, that just has a great ring to it. That's fantastic. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, what I really wanted, my handle forever on every platform was Afro Saxon, and somebody got to it before me on Instagram. So Black Nest Monsters is where I went. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm just in Seattle, like trying to, like, I mean, I'm doing what everybody else is doing, right? Getting up way too early in the morning uh, to help a lot of people who are excited about change and who keep showing up and putting in work on a daily basis. And I love it. And awesome. in terms of like our social imprint, we, I think, I think we do, yeah, I think we support like, you know, media in the place where we, you know, whatever your thing is, I don't know if it's Patreon or whatever, but like, I think Arm & Hammer TV is an important resource for the group. Um, we are, we switched from uh, the South Africa thing actually to the Legal Defense Fund with something. And like, we decided recently to like double down on that um, in terms of what we're putting there. Cause I think that's a really cool organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the lady in charge of that is just fantastic. Uh, Cheryl and I feel is brilliant and dedicated and importantly calm such that like she's like look this is going to be this is a long this is a long journey we're on like we're not going to fix all the protests that we're not going to fix this tomorrow or next week or even next month or even next year 
Um, but they, they are in it for the long fight, which I think is exciting. Yeah. Tommy, uh, Tommy Marquez was able to wrangle a whole bunch of, uh, the content creators in the space together to, uh, to actually, uh, raise some money for, uh, the legal defense fund. And it's been, it's been really successful so far. I think there's only a couple days left on it, but I'm going to interview him tomorrow anyway. So well, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about that. Uh, somebody else is like super responsive in terms of like, Hey, I want some of your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's dope. He's super dope. Uh, so fantastic. Jordan. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. No, it was fun. It's always fun chatting with you. It's fun to, fun to do it in this format.